You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Boat Races, the Milwaukee Bucks. Actually took care of business against the Sacramento Kings tonight, and that means we can have a happy podcast, and a happy podcast can be brought to you by our friends at Draft. They bring you tonight's episode, and you can use our promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Locked on Bucks. if you make a deposit at draft and start to play, uh, you can use that promo code and it'll get you a free play. And how they do it is a free ticket for a $3 game. And most of the time when Frank and I do draft Wednesday, guess what? It's a $3 game. So if you want to join, you can essentially just get that first play for free with us. Uh, so it's, it's that simple. It's that easy. Uh, and I will take your money. Uh, Frank will think. You'll also take my money. You'll also take my money. (laughs) Frank will think about taking your money, but ultimately I'll be the one. Will not. Ultimately, I will not. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But you can join us on draft, like we like we always say now, which is strange. They've been around. It it feels like it's they're new, but it's almost like a month now that we've been with Draft. Uh, You can download the app, or you can head over to Draft.com and create an account and start playing there. So head over there and do that, and hopefully give me some money. Uh, so we will do that uh, today. Make sure you're keeping your eye out for the league uh, on draft. Bucks win 112-87 over the Sacramento Kings, and honestly, I would say that score is a little bit deceiving. I don't think it was quite that close. Uh, the Bucks end up being able to sit Giannis out for the entirety of the fourth quarter. Giannis plays 26 minutes. Chris Middleton plays 24 Budsoe plays 24, Henson plays 24. So for the most part, they're able to get good rest for most of their guys and have this one in hand by the third quarter. So a a very welcome sight after watching this team play basketball for the last two weeks. All all is well again, Eric. Obviously, uh, (laughs) everything... There are no problems. No, nothing to I, worry about. It's all good. No, I mean, obviously, you know, this the, the, these were the Sacramento Kings, and to be honest, the Kings beating a very under underhand or underhanded, shorthanded um, Warriors team last night. Uh, but if the Warriors were playing underhanded, I don't know if that would be <laughs> as impressive. No, but uh, the Kings. After we 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 mentioned last night during our podcast. The game was close in the third quarter, and I probably made a joke that it probably wouldn't stay close, but, you know, that game was happening. And they actually did knock off the Warriors last night, but no Curry, no Durant. So, you know, okay, good for you guys. Pat on the head. Um, And to be honest, them winning last night, regardless of the circumstances, made me feel like victory was pretty much assured tonight because there's no way a, a young team like the Kings that isn't very good can, you know, maintain their discipline and not 
take a little bit off tonight on a second night of a back-to-back after like a big emotional win last night. Yeah. Um, then again, our concerns that the Bucks play worse after they've had two days to sit around and think about what they've done and you know get ready for a game and, and that maybe that's not a good thing. Uh, also, was that a factor here? But ultimately, um, yeah, you know what? Let's just let's just appreciate it. The, the there there was nothing tonight, right? If we're gonna look at this game, I have no complaints. Jason Kidd <laughs> ditched his uh, modified starting lineup with uh, Gary Payton catching almost a DNP. Only played the final four minutes. Oh, that got that the- kid is so coy. Pre-game, trying to say maybe Gary Payton two would start again. Oh, he got us. He got us. He made some reference to, uh, or at least in in Matt Velasquez's tweet about it, he made some reference to uh, the first three to four minutes don't you lose you the game or something like that, which is just like, <sighs> really? That that's how we're gonna use and whatever. I'm gonna I'm not gonna talk about it because <laughs> good thing because Gary Payton the second did not start, and the, not only did he not start, but uh, our our Twitter friend actually I've met colin duvall in person but colin tweeted a reference to gary payton the second as hamburger helper uh hamburger helper being the little glove not coming out of the cupboard tonight it's not bad uh, it's not until the bad fourth quarter and i immediately was like where has this nickname been <laughs> all of my gary payton the second bucks career life um so i'm a big fan of hamburger helper as gary payton the second's new nickname but thankfully who cares because he barely played tonight and the apparently good four minutes at the end of a 30 point blowout <laughs> can't lose you the game either can't apparently. lose you the game either can't lose the game either. so we saw tony snell restore to the starting lineup and in very tony snell fashion he missed no shots <laughs> he made three out of three including two threes uh and a difficult little floater in transition so the tony snell doing stuff that makes you say hmm uh thing continues uh his usage continues to go down even further i guess he played a game high 30 minutes for the bucks or team high 30 minutes uh actually game high nobody played more than him for either team um but the story was was obviously Giannis, and and to a lesser extent bledsoe but Giannis was incredible 32 points on 16 shots five rebounds uh he had five assists we're still waiting for that fifth one to be credited to him i don't know if we are waiting you are waiting (laughs) I have made inquiries with uh, <laughs> our friends at the Bucks to uh, to go check. I've been told that the scores table was made aware of it. It has not been fixed, so I will be on pins and needles for the next <laughs> 24 hours on this. But um, five rebounds, four assists, officially five steals in my heart. Uh, five steals, one block, two turnovers, plus 26. And you know uh, the 32 points, obviously, in less than three quarters is you know amazing his most efficient scoring night of the year in terms of points per minute but um to me as you mentioned the most important stat for him arguably was 26 minutes being able to play just 26 minutes in a game that the bucks win obviously is a major plus given that Giannis and chris came into this game as as the two leading minute getters in the league which is not really a stat that you want as you mentioned the other night great players play minutes that you know Giannis is not going to play 32 minutes 33 minutes the Bucks aren't good enough for him to only play 32 or 33 minutes but obviously you would much rather have him in the you know 35 minute range on average versus 38 which is where he's been so um and he not was, playing in games where he doesn't need to play exactly. the fourth quarter like that's the big exactly. thing exactly he he started off hot um you know he was he was running and guys were finding him he, he missed a couple as well where he just was like 
steaming up court and was almost going too fast. He missed a couple shots that way, but got out for a couple of easy buckets. I thought Eric Bledsoe's bounce past him in transition for a, a big uh, a big dunk early in the game was kind of set the tone in a lot of ways. But he starts four out of four, 11 points in the first nine minutes before picking up a second foul. And then um, in that third quarter, just kind of went to work, um, just bully balled. Uh, the Kings with with 19 points in what was it like 10 minutes basically in uh, in the third quarter. So he was tremendous as the Bucks just completely. I mean they they really blew it open in the second quarter. 29 to 11 is the advantage in the second quarter. Um, but certainly Giannis uh, kind of turning the screws uh, in that third quarter nearly outscored the Kings by himself in the third quarter as the Bucks had another nine to the margin. So um, they go into the fourth quarter up 33 points um, and. Yeah, but for the first time this season, we get to just kick back our shoes and watch, you know, basically an all-bench unit and, you know, hey, DJ Wilson, you're alive and playing in your hometown. You get 13 minutes. Good for you. Uh, he scores four points on three shots, a couple rebounds and assist. Uh, we saw a brief sighting of Joel Ballenboy. Uh, Thon Maker got 20 minutes. We saw the most impressive dunk of Thon Maker's career. There was a guy near him. No, I'm gonna No, I'm going to call BS on that because you remember that, like, double pump against the Pacers last year. Oh, see, yeah. I knew you were going to bring that one up, and I think this one's... That one's better. No, oh. come on. I didn't see a replay, but why was this one better? Just because it was so forceful. And that's just something that I so desperately want to see from Thon. I, I know it's something that we, we've talked about in the past, and it it just signifies to me the ability to start catching in traffic and finishing with strength and that is kind of the next step like where he can actually catch down low use his core strength use his lower body and explode up through the rim and through defenders and again maybe the other one was more impressive but to me it was just that was the first i honestly saw the dunk and then immediately hit the rewind button to double check that it was thon because i was like man that was thrown down pretty hard uh and you just don't really see him do that so um i just thought man that that is a really exciting development that is kind of his next step when he can actually i think start making an impact offensively as a role man and even if it's not as a role man all the time because i obviously i prefer to see him pick and pop with his shooting skill but just the occasional role and if he's open on that role, being able to catch and dunk fluidly would just be huge for him. So I was very excited by that. I will probably concede that it wasn't his most impressive dunk, but I might argue that it's his most forceful dunk. Um, so that one w- was very exciting. And again, I know it's garbage time, and I know it's. I guess maybe the whole game is garbage time against the Kings, uh, but still, I, I I got a little bit excited about that. And rarely can I say I get excited about much in garbage time well also you know kind of quietly chris middleton 12 points on seven shots 24 minutes um was sick uh, leading up to the game was a little bit of a question mark whether he would play he does play um hit two out of five threes uh did some stuff early on and so it was kind of nice to see chris you know playing well early as well and then the fact that he was not needed for most of the game was was another positive it's actually funny you bring up his hot start because as he was going, I was thinking, oh man, if I was playing draft tonight and I had a bunch of bucks, I would have done really well. But then it would have been the thing where I just end up getting really mad because they play really well and through three quarters they have these insane numbers and then 
they don't play the fourth quarter. And then I would have been really pissed. But that's kind of the fun of draft is you, you try to find the matchups that you think are going to get good points for that night. And the Bucks against the Kings tonight would have been one that I think you would have circled. You would have said, okay, Giannis is going to be my number one pick and I'm going to be looking for Middleton and Bledsoe and other spots. And uh, it was just kind of, it was kind of funny to think through all of that and the fact that I'm even thinking about that kind of speaks to uh, how addictive draft can become and how much fun you can have on the site. And it's just a, a really good time. And I would suggest for all of you to go out and use it. Your chances of winning on draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites. That's why draft is our favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by the pros. It's not just us. More than 1 million people have already downloaded draft too. And I know I was talking to a couple of my friends this weekend uh, and they were trying to get me into a football draft because they were like, Oh, I had so much fun this week. After you mentioned it, we should do a football one. And we did a football one there right on the spot. We had four guys that were all ready to go on draft. We created a draft did it, got it done in five minutes, and ended up playing uh, that day. So it, it kind of gave you something to watch throughout the day. So that, that that can just kind of be the fun camaraderie that you can create through Draft. And use our promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit with that promo code. So make sure that you do that. And... If you downloaded it and forgot to use it, well, go back in and type in LO Bucks. It's in the settings tab. Type that in, and then you should be able to get that free ticket, that free chance to play a $3 game and hop right in. And it's Draft Wednesday. You have the chance to take Frank Frank's money, my money. You have that chance this Wednesday. We always have fun on Draft. We'll have a league today. Make sure you join that with us. So keep an eye out for that. Again, LO Bucks. Download the Draft app in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free with us right now. You know, I'd say other than Giannis, I mean, the other guy who I thought really stood out was was Eric Bledsoe. And he uh, gave De'Aaron Fox uh, a bit of an ass kicking, uh, I would say, his his fellow. Uh, oh, Fox got guy. rooked tonight. He got rooked. He tonight. got rooked. He got sunned. Is that a is that yeah, what I the think kids that's say? Yeah. He got sunned. S-O-N-N-E-D. Yeah. Not S-U-N-N. ED no, I think Phoenix, he used but, it right. Um, but yeah, Eric Bledsoe, seven out of ten from the field, hit three out of four threes, five rebounds, five assists, three steals. Um, he, you know, his strength and ability to kind of he, he so so strong. Um, he was very good tonight. Twenty four minutes, twenty one points, um, and you know, again, just uh, De'Aaron Fox just really had a tough time handling him, and, and Fox just two out of ten, no free throws. Uh, you kind of this was kind of a game where Fox's shortcomings as a shooter and lack of strength kind of really was you know were, were kind of on display, um, and uh, certainly Bledsoe showed him what uh, what an NBA veteran with strength and athleticism and um, guile uh, can do in, in a game like this. So you know again, very nice to see the Bucks come out and you know again, I mean. It, there's no way nothing they did tonight obviously can prove to you that the bucks have figured out offense defense whatever um but certainly the unselfishness i thought the ball movement uh the willingness to push and and pass up uh you know in pass the ball up in transition early in the game was was pretty notable and again the kings maybe don't provide as much resistance as most um but i thought that was positive and Probably, I mean, the most interesting thing we saw tonight, uh, you know, we saw hints of it, uh, especially during that brief third quarter run they had of 
the Bucks switching more, uh, being less aggressive uh, on pick and roll uh, in terms of you know trapping and doing that stuff that you know everybody always grinds their teeth about. Um, and we saw probably a lot more conservative, sort of traditional type of defense from the Bucks for long parts of the night. And probably the biggest aspect of this was you know that probably helped them not give up a Kings franchise record in terms of threes tonight. Yay! Yeah. Just five out of 17. Not many looks from the Kings who, again, not that they shoot a lot of threes to begin with. Um, but the least I thought, in the league. Yeah, but the Bucks. you know, we saw Giannis switch uh, a number of times on pick and roll early. Um, we saw Henson and Thon uh, kind of zone drop more, certainly, than we're used to seeing them, you know, not coming out and playing really aggressively on the pick and roll. And the Kings just aren't very good, and the Bucks were energetic and you know, even without really being super aggressive, sort of at the point of attack the entire time, um, they still played the passing lanes really well. Thirteen steals, uh, and obviously that that really helped them get out on the break. Seventeen points uh, in transition, and um, you know, I think it was just generally kind of like, all right, well, we'll see if this is anything that carries over to Portland or to kind of games further on in the future but at a minimum it did seem like the bucks tried to make a little more concerted concerted effort to do a little bit different things defensively and i don't know we'll see if it we'll see if it is actually a, a something that continues or, or something that actually works because obviously it's kind of hard to just you know really change some fundamental things and i certainly am not going to say the bucks have completely changed their defense overnight but um at least we saw some signs here and also during that good run they had in, in utah that you know they yes they can do some different things despite uh, Jason, Jason Kidd did allude. People didn't check it out, didn't read it. Do read uh, Jason Kidd's comments to Matt Velasquez um, before the game. He did allude to switching more and, and that they had changed things. Um, so we'll see. Um, obviously, it's still a long ways to go before this team can claim to be you know a good defense or even an average defense. But at least for one night, uh, they did look better. I mean, I think the big thing to me with the entire night was I kept thinking to myself, oh, this is a really fun three-minute stretch. And then it would be a TV timeout or uh, the Kings would take a timeout or the Bucks would take a timeout, whatever it may be. You'd go to a commercial break, and then I just kept waiting to come back from that commercial and be like, oh, yeah, they're back. Yeah, the, they they moved everything back, and, and they are back to being that team. And uh, against a team as bad as the Kings, I don't think there's there's maybe that moment as as coach kid thinks it through and decides ah oh, let's get back to what we know like against the kings you can kind of experiment they're bad <laughs> they're very bad uh so you can do those things and maybe feel comfortable being uncomfortable if that makes any sense like trying new things and really letting some of that stuff fly because there were mistakes tonight like with they were switching more uh like you had mentioned and on some of those switches guys were where you were sending two to one, and there was a time I think in the first quarter uh, they ended up getting a steal because Willie Colley Stein doesn't have hands apparently. Yeah. Um. And yeah, was that the one where he was like wide open for a dunk, and <laughs> somehow it ended up being a steal? Yeah. And, and then Jim Pesci was like, "Oh, good defense," and I was like, uh, "It was." I mean, the result is a steal, but it wasn't good defense. Um. But in my mind, I kept thinking like, "Okay, things are kind of working out," even though they're not 100% working right now and when those things have happened you just see the bucks kind of switch back to their default defense and you start to see the traps come back and you start to see the overhelp come back and 
that wasn't the case. And you mentioned it too, that they were very aggressive in passing lanes. And, and I think that's kind of, uh, I think just generally in basketball, especially at lower levels and maybe at the NBA level as well. But the idea that switching means you're, you're being maybe lazier or like, like you're laying back, like you're making everything easier in reality, like switching is very hard. Like you have to talk through every single one of those switches. And when we talked earlier, I'm trying to think a couple of weeks ago uh, about Kevin Arnovitz and Zach Lowe talking about how certain coaches always think you need to keep your defense engaged. And one way to do that is to be very aggressive and overhelp and do those things. Well, another way is to switch all the time. If you're switching all the time, you're actively thinking everything through every movement on the court. You're thinking about at all times and then you're engaged. And then on the backside, rather than helping a ton like the Bucks always do, and instead of being on the strong side of the lane, you're in the middle of the floor. And whoa, look at that. Your crazy wingspan can jump passing lanes and you can go get steals. And, and I think that's largely what we saw tonight. We saw them be able to be more aggressive in passing lanes and you could see why those things are still attractive for guys with length like obviously recovering when you have a huge wingspan is a little bit easier because you can cover more ground you can get there quicker uh, because you have those long limbs but if you're playing pain if you're in the passing lane you can also get steals that way so i think you're seeing again against the Kings. I will qualify that as many times as possible. The Kings are bad, very bad, and it's difficult to take anything from this game. But what the Bucks were doing defensively was quite different than what they've done in the past. They have done those things in stretches, like we mentioned against Utah in the third quarter, and then gone away from them. Tonight was more consistently those things, and I'm excited to see if they will do that against Portland and also against Portland, if they do it for three minutes, when we come back from that timeout, do the Bucks still do that? Or is it, okay, we tried it, it was fun, it's great, but we're done doing that now. We're done experimenting. We're going back to what we know. So I'll be very curious to see it, but I do think there was a lot of exciting stuff there with the defense in that they were doing and trying new things and doing... Uh, some of the things that I think people have wanted to see them do uh, with that switching and with being aggressive in passing lanes. And uh, you mentioned getting out in transition. And I, I think back to the Atlanta game where it was like, oh, man, the Bucks really getting out in transition. This is so much fun. And then I know in that podcast that night we talked about, like, oh, the Hawks are bad. Um, yeah. So let, let's just pump the brakes. And, and I think very much certainly about the transition and pace I think that's something you definitely have to think about, uh, kind of restraining your excitement with this Kings game. But yeah, they did make that a priority. And as I always say, pushing pace is not just about getting out in transition, getting dunks. It's about shooting early. And the Bucks did that early, but it wasn't necessarily things that I think anyone would love. Like there was an Eric Bledsoe semi-transition pull-up jumper. There was a Henson 18-footer that he decided to take about six seconds into the shot clock. Like Undoubtedly bad shots. There's also like a Middleton wing three, which is a good one. But yeah, that is kind of what it's about. So some good and some bad, but I would say enough that I'm intrigued to see 
what the Bucks do in the next game. The the upside of that Henson jumper, which was pretty early in the game, was that it brought us a great line from Marcus Johnson, which was uh, Jim Paschke on the call said, I think he said something like, John Henson, uncontested, and then he misses. And uh, and what what did Marcus say exactly? He said something. That, something about the Rascon report, right? He said, "Oh my God!" And I tweeted it out. And I can now I'm like completely blowing the the um, the thing. Oh, by the way, while you were talking, while you were talking, <laughs> I just want to say it takes a village. Uh, the Twitter Giannis stat army, we can rejoice. <laughs> Giannis has officially been credited. Uh, I've got my earpiece in. I'm I'm confirming it. I'm looking at the ESPN box where he has gotten his fifth assist. Everybody, <laughs> we did it. Shout out to Dan Smichek, uh for the nudging of the scorer's table. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Giannis got his, his four by five tonight, which was obviously very important to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, what now see, I'm going to, I'm going to go this, but I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to get this exact quote. Cause I want to get, give Marcus Johnson his credit. Marcus was, was in very strong form um, tonight where, Wait, where does that... I'm looking through your tweets and I'm not seeing them unless you tweeted it at someone. Oh, may, oh, you know why? It was because it started with Pash, with at Pashkaball. That's why it's probably not showing up as a. As, and this is this is great podcasting right now as I, <laughs> as I kill time. But whatever, you guys you guys don't care. It's late. It's a Bucks win. Okay, but okay, yes. Uh, Marcus Johnson's response to John Henson uncontested was: "There's a reason for that. It's called the scouting report." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, uh, Marcus, we love you. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I, anyway, you you were talking though about um, you know. Let's see. Does this does any of this carry over? Do they continue to try to do this? D- does it work? You know, because that's the thing too. I mean, like you can't just oh okay go go do the thing that other teams do that seems to work pretty well and then just have it work well. Um, that that doesn't necessarily happen. And this would have been a good thing to you know really make a bigger part of your scheme over the summer. And they you know Jason Kidd alluded to it at media day, but. We didn't see a whole lot of it um, early in the season, and unfortunately, and we would only see it for like two minutes, and then yeah. they would immediately go away. From it. Right, and look, I mean, like you shouldn't switch John Henson onto point guards. No. Like it's not, it, it's not a like just switch everyone all the time, right? Like you have to have the right personnel. Like Thon, I think you can feel better about switching onto a small. At least he has a chance. Um, and but again, it was like one through four switching. Yeah, it wasn't like and and the Bucks always switch like if you see like a pin down or something like that like like Tony Snell and Middleton and Giannis like we'll always like switch off the ball and stuff like that. Like that is not I mean that they've always done that, right? It's not like oh, you got to stay on your guy all day. Like no, they haven't done that either. Um but it, it was you know I read I I hadn't read it yet. It came out maybe a week or so ago. Um but Ben Falk over at Cleaning the Glass wrote a great article with lots of interesting video on the Celtics defense and kind of trying to pick apart what's real and what's not and kind of what's been key for them. And I thought one of the interesting, unfortunately it's behind the paywall, like part of it, you can read the beginning, but the, the good stuff is behind the paywall. So for those of you who, who don't subscribe to it, I'll give you kind of like the quick recap. Um, but, you know, in terms of like trying to figure out like why the Celtics defense has been so good. And obviously it's interesting to look at the Celtics because um, you could at least draw maybe some parallels in terms of saying like, well, you know, they have like, a lot of kind of like interchangeable like athlete types um on especially on the wings and so that's helpful I mean again not that the Bucks necessarily have exactly guys like they do but the Celtics are not like the best defense on paper they weren't good defensively last year and they lost Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder and you know Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas is not going to change your your defense fundamentally either so it's interesting to look at a lot of it is because they've probably been you know preventing teams from shooting 
like you know the the opponent three point percentages and long two percentages have been unsustainably good. They've kind of been the opposite of the Bucks. You know, the Bucks have been allowing like forty one percent from three, which again like no team in the NBA is that bad over the eighty two games. While the Celtics have been probably you know no team is going to be that good, but um, the Celtics have been doing some things very well. And what Ben pointed out was you know their defensive rebounding has been a lot better, which was a problem for them in, in the past. Obviously, the Bucks also have an issue with that um and one of the things that he mentioned was what they do is um they do sort of traditional switching you know where uh, there's a pick and roll and you switch like normally sometimes they do that or off the ball switching things like that and obviously a guy like al horford is great because he's a big guy who can play inside but also step out and do things that very few big guys do um but he also pointed out like in pick and roll one of the things that they do is they look like they're basically playing like kind of a traditional like more of a zone drop a lot of times but then what happens is instead of like the big guy having to essentially sort of like try to play both the role man and the ball handler and you know the the guard is sort of trailing um a lot of times what what ends up happening is it looks like they're not switching but then the smaller guy who's you know in sort of the compromised state will actually then go and switch sort of as a delayed switch onto like the roll man so they'll use sort of the speed mismatch to kind of catch up so that you end up having a switch but it doesn't initially really look like a switch yeah yeah so it's kind of conserve it's it's not like a pure switch but it has some of the same benefits in that you don't have a roll man running completely free and you do have a body on the roll man like if a shot goes up you have a body on him and obviously one of the benefits that the Celtics have had is that guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart are pretty good at, at you know, even when they're playing like smaller positions, um, they can obviously kind of do those kinds of switches and they can rebound pretty well and, and kind of help in that regard. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And they also talked, he also talked a little bit about how the Celtics like shrink the floor. And what he means by that, you know, is like if a guy puts the ball on the floor, like a, the nearest defender from a help perspective might stunt towards him or might make a move but then as soon as the ball is like getting picked up that guy is recovering back to his mm-hmm. man and you know it's not to say like oh just like hand this article to the Bucks and then they can go be the Celtics defense okay like it's not that easy but it would be interesting like it's kind of interesting to say like, well what if the Bucks try to do some of those things more often right and certainly yeah. you know some of the things we saw tonight are getting more in that direction and and can potentially help with you know not overhelping, not leaving guys wide open on the weak side. Although, you know, the Celtics still like pretty much any good defense do still try to load the weak side uh, or sorry, load the strong side and, you know, try to do things. And, and it's, they talked a fair bit also about the way they, they, you know, always ice or what they call weak, which is either they ice or if the guy's in the middle, they always hedge ball handlers or try to force the ball handler to go to his weaker hand. So there's just kind of like simple stuff like that. Um, which, you know, will be interesting to kind of like, you, you know, look at, watch, if you do watch the Celtics, like watch what they do and kind of think about that. And, you know, we'll see if the Bucks if they do change some things, like do they take on any of some, maybe some of those types of qualities. And I thought, as you were describing, you know, the, the Bucks tonight getting steals, things like that. I mean, this is one of the benefits, right? When you have a, a, a bad team that doesn't space the floor well in the Kings, who often don't have, you know, play a lot of two big man lineups, they shrink the floor for you as a defense. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, your your defenders are often, you know, just going to be closer to the ball or they can be closer to 
another guy and and effectively play play passing lanes that wouldn't be there um, if you were playing a more like four out type team like some of the teams that have obviously given the Bucks fits like the the Mavericks when they hit all those threes or the the Jazz when they hit all those threes. So um, anyway, I'll I'll put down my shilling for Ben Falk site hat because we do that a lot. <laughs> but um, but just some interesting I think you know just some interesting stuff to see there because I think certainly like the the delayed switching stuff like I you know and again I'm not. I am not an X's and O's guru. I I do not know as much about basketball as Jason Kidd or anybody on the Bucks coaching staff. But food for thought because I think Brad Stevens, I I think he probably knows a thing or two. And you know, interesting to kind of ponder like what are other teams doing, and and how might the Bucks you know kind of match what other teams do that maybe matches their skill sets and and maybe some of the things that they have struggled with. So anyway, I'll put down that that hat and kind of stop on on the Celtics rant for a while here but um but yeah we will see I think I think that's the positive we get a night where we can as as Bucks fans we can see the Bucks just you know knock the piss out of another team which as a as a Bucks fan that kind of that that yes that still satisfies my you know inner yearnings to see my favorite team look good and do good things and as a Giannis fanboy, I saw Giannis crush another <laughs> team. And this was a good night, you know? And we'll, we don't know if it'll last. You know, we don't know if it'll last, but that was fun. This, this is why we watch basketball games, right? So we can see our team, like, look good and do fun things and knock the crap out of teams. I guess we become basketball fans to watch our teams do this against good teams. But, hey, got to start somewhere. Yeah, it was certainly one of those nights. Everything kind of looked good. Like you said, Giannis 32-5, now 5-5 five and five, uh, with a block as well. Uh, I thought Bledsoe was really good. Um, the, again, you mentioned it earlier, but you can just see the, the game-changing speed that other Bucks players, other Bucks point guards have just pretty much never had uh, since we've been analyzing the team and really since we've been cheering uh, for the team for most of our life so he has that speed and that strength combo and uh, he had a great night Middleton looked solid really I think just about everything was was pretty decent tonight uh, it, it's tough to really find much to complain about and you know what I'm not even going to try I'm just going to say you know what tonight is a happy night the Bucks won and we're going to let it be that's going to be it for us for tonight um, I'm not going to try Stuff, anything more in there uh, we'll have a day to do that as we get ready for um, for Bucks Portland. for Bucks Blazers so yep. we, we will we'll take our time here uh, and, and that'll be good that'll be good for tonight Bucks win 102 or excuse me 112 87 I don't want to rob them of any points uh, they end up having an offensive rating of 117 a defensive rating of 90.9 and I was tweeting out the advanced stats like I try to throughout the game and uh, man I would almost say the the offensive and defensive rating after three quarters was was more indicative of what actually happened tonight bucks offensive rating after three quarters was 125.8 and the defensive rating was 80.7 and you might say that's ridiculous there's no way it was that good yes it was the (laughs) the the bucks were that good and the kings were that bad uh the entire night so that'll be it the bucks are back over 500 10 and 9 now on the season they'll try to go two over 500 against the blazers that's going to be it for us for tonight. That's Frank. I'm Eric. Today's episode was brought
brought to you by Draft. Again, head over to Draft and use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks, and that will be uh, good for your first. It'll get you a free play if you enter that when you go over to Draft. Uh, Again, L-O-Bucks, very simple, and it'll get you a $3 ticket, free ticket that you can use for a game, a chance to take our money. We'll have, we'll have our own uh, draft league all ready to go tomorrow, and you can join that, and it should be a good time. So go out and do that today. Today, today, Wednesday. Yes, draft Wednesday. Draft Wednesday. Uh, I, I always get confused when I'm talking on Tuesdays, and it's actually yeah. Wednesday. But whatever, it's Wednesday, so make sure you do it. Uh, we'll have it out and ready to go for you. So go and do that today. That's Frank. I'm Eric. This has been Locked On Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.